Hi, I'm Tom Salvik from Cross Asset Strategy. I'm joined by my colleague, David Azarkoff, head of Samia Equity Strategy. David, welcome to the program. After I spend my time in GCC in the UAE, I am always rooting for the GCC a bit. And I just want to wish all of our viewers a Ramadan Kareem at the start of this holiday season. And why do you think the Saudi market in particular is so interesting right now? Well, why is the Saudi market so interesting? Well, three reasons. First, it's the sixth biggest market in EM. It's ahead of Mexico. It's ahead of South Africa. It's ahead of Indonesia. It matters. Second, the glass is literally half empty with 46% of EM funds owning zero. That's off the charts for EMs of this size. But the glass has been filling up faster and faster. If we rewind the clock to a year ago, when we wrote the previous edition of our Saudi 101 report, we had more than 60% of funds owning zero. So that's come way, way down in a year. Um, and if we look back three years, then only 16%, one in six of gem funds owned anything in Saudi. So gem funds are coming to the kingdom at a faster and faster rate. And if you make the comparison to LATAM, gem funds have 11% of their portfolio in Latin America versus an 8.5% index weight. Gem funds have less than 2.5% of their funds in the GCC versus a 7% index weight. Gem funds have 3.7x as much in LATAM than in GCC when it's only 25% bigger in the index. That is a massive disparity. So that's the second reason. And the third reason is it's a great diversifier. Saudi is an oil exporter. Outside of the GCC, it's only Colombia in EM that's a big oil exporter. And it's a dollar peg. And again, along with the rest of the GCC, it's one of the only dollar pegs in the EM index. These are massive diversification benefits within the asset class. It's been a bumpy ride in, in commodities in particular. Of course, that impacts the Saudi market. I mean, on the one hand, last year we had you got whipsawed in oil with Russia, Ukraine on the assumption that Russian oil would stop flowing, but instead it came back down from very high levels, of course. And this year we've been whipsawed again with expectations of China reopening. And now that has fizzled a bit in the near term. What do you see as a long-term story on Saudi? That's a really good question. I think the most underrated long-term story in the Saudi market is the demographics. And so we're at that sweet spot where, you know, the workforce is growing really quickly. The elderly population in Saudi is still incredibly small and the birth rate is beginning to fall. So we're getting that classic demographic dividend story of this big young population entering the workforce that should really drive growth. So when we look at it that way, it looks incredibly strong. But don't forget the other thing that's going on with the Saudi labor market is women are entering the labor market at an increasing rate. And so when you add that aspect to the labor force growth, um, it really becomes a very, very powerful story. When we look across EM, I would put Saudi in with India and the Philippines as the three best demographic stories in EM overall. And then I'd love to hear your top picks for the sector. And, all, and also maybe you can touch on how it ties in a bit with our house view. I think for the rest of equities, of course, we're, we're bearish in the near term and we think things will normalize. So walk us through your sector picks. Well, just picking up on that notion of being bearish globally um, and still favoring Saudi, we actually looked at how does Saudi perform in the last eight S&P corrections. And to Dawal, the local exchange was up in five of them and Saudi outperformed EM in all eight 
of the last S&P corrections. It trades very defensive. So we shouldn't underestimate that. Now, in terms of top picks, um, on a sector basis, I think the story is very much we want locally focused, growthy sectors, IT, healthcare, consumer. The banks really led the sort of last few years of the market. I don't think those are an underweight, but I think they're very much a neutral. The story for a lot of the banks was a very strong uh, mortgage subsidy program from, from the government pushing up local home ownership. The government's stepping that down. Loan growth is beginning to slow down. I think the banks are a market perform story, but it's not going to be the all-star that it's been in the last few years. And for me, the key underweight is pet chems, where I think consensus earnings needs to catch down to the recent drop in oil prices. I think there is a story where the pet chem cycle is getting close to the bottom. I don't know if that's going to hit bottom and rebound in the next few months. We're watching, but right now we'd rather be in some of the more growthy, long-term oriented local sectors. And then when you look at this on a stock basis, I've been running a regional top 10 list for the last 11 years. And we just added Saudi hospital stock, Suleiman Habib to the top 10. We also have Al-Raji Bank and Alinma Bank in the top 10, as well as Al-Hotaim, one of the big food retailers. And we also have Elm, which is a key IT player in the kingdom as well, also among the five Saudi picks in our top 10. We just published a 113-page primer on Saudi. So if folks go through that report, we've got sections on all of the different sectors. We've got lots of top-down analysis, tons of charts, and you know, how did the Saudi market get from where it was historically to where it is now? What's been the evolution of foreign ownership? Um, you know, what are the key drivers? What are the key correlations that the Saudi market does? Why is it so defensive? So I hope investors can go to that publication and read all about it. Well, thanks so much, David. You know, this is one of the most under-owned markets. So hopefully folks reading your primer, Saudi 101, will help it get a little bit less under-owned. And certainly the defensive qualities of, of being long dollar are appreciated with, with the possibility of the banking stress worsening. So thanks again, David, for joining us. And thank you all for tuning in to JP Morgan TV.